Okay, welcome everyone to our special uh, legal holiday learning program, Breakfast and Learn. And uh, we're going to have a brief, just a brief class this morning, um, themed towards the topic of the specific legal holiday this morning. This is a day that on the calendar is known as President's Day. President's Day, we take a day to celebrate, I think this is uh, Washington and Lincoln's birthday, right? Is it around this time of year, somewhere in February? So we take one day to celebrate their birthdays, but they called President's Day, and it seems the minig has developed to make this a day that we recognize presidents and the presidency in general. And that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. Um, what's, what's our relationship halachically with this concept of American presidents and leaders in general? Leaders in general, you know, as from Jews, we always have somewhat of a uh, uh, re- reserved and guarded attitude, perhaps, towards the leadership. Um, we do our best to try to get those in office that we think are best for us, and when when and that works, that's great. And when you know the vote swings the other way, so uh, you know that's where we have this uh, you know um, dilemma, maybe, or maybe for some of us, it's not a dilemma at all. How do we relate? to uh, the, the leader in general, not just when it's the leader that we want, but when it's the leader that we don't want. So there are sources in halacha. Let's, uh, let's go through some interesting sources over here. There's a discussion about this, and we'll come up with maybe some, um, some, some, some new ideas and a new direction over here and some, a little bit of, of maturity and development through the lenses of, of, of the sources of chazal. So we find in a few places that the Torah does tell us uh, to treat authority with respect, to be respectful towards leaders. Um, And this is uh, in the parasha not that many weeks ago. One of the famous sources for this is that which uh, Moshe Rabbeinu was told by HaKadosh Baruch Hu to speak respectfully to Paro. Moshe was told by the Rebbein Yisholeilam to give him respect. The Gemara in Zvachim says that Hashem told him, um, treat him with respect, speak respectfully to Paro. And we see that even when, Paro, when Moshe had to tell Paro that Makas Becheris is coming, there's going to be a... Um, there's going to be a, a great calamity. It's going to be fall Mitzrayim. And everyone's going to come rushing to get the Jews out. So instead of Moshe directly addressing Paro and saying, Paro, even you're going to come running for me. Even you're going to come to my door, bang on my door to, to, to beg me to get the Jews out of here. He said, all your servants are going to come. But Moshe uh, refrained from saying that you yourself, Paro, you're going to come running in your pajamas in the middle of the night, even though that's what ended up happening. And that was in order to... Respect Paro to be mechaber Paro. The the lashon of the Gemara over there. Gemara says that You should always have fear of the king. You should have fear of the of, of the government, fear of the ruling authority. Um, but it, but uh, it's brought down. The same idea is brought down in other sources. And the mechilta over there on Parshas Boy and and the mechilta in, in, in Rashi. Rashi says it's an idea of covered of giving honor, of giving respect, not just about being afraid, being fearful of the king, but respecting the king, treating the king respectfully. And that's the Lashon of Mechilta. The Mechilta says this, um, this way, you know, again, when the Gemara talks about, uh, we learned that Moshe spoke respectfully to Paro, the Gemara does say a Lashon of Ema, that fear, respect of, of the, uh, the fear, fear of the king should be upon you. The Mechilta says the Lashon of Kavod. Let's see. It says like this. Um, 
So Hashem commanded Moshe and Aaron regarding Paro. Hashem commanded Moshe and Aaron to give honor, to give respect to the ruling authority, to Paro as a melech. Paro is the king. And he said to Moshe and Aaron, be respectful to the king. Talk to him respectfully. The Mechilta goes on to bring a whole slew of examples where you find that Jewish people were told to give respect and to speak respectfully to the king. And the list goes on and on. We, the the Mechilta says, Yosef spoke respectfully to Paro, to his Paro. Yaakov, well, that was to, to Yosef, okay, that was to respect to the king, that was a Jew to a Jew. Elio, this one's also mentioned in the Gemara. Elio Hanavi gives respect to Achav, King Achav. It wasn't the best of kings. Elio Navi, what's the respect that he gives him? Elio gives, he, gives him an escort. It says Elio met up with Achav to give him a, a prophecy of doom. And when Achav left, it says, the Gemara says, Achav left all alone. Elio was Malavim. Elio Hanavi, who came to give him Musar, escorted King Achav, the wicked King Achav, to show him respect. Chanani Mishal Nazario. Listen to this example. The, the Mechilta says, Choku Kovod Lamachus. Chanani Mishal Nazario. This is in Sefer Daniel. They gave respect to Nebuchadnezzar. This is after Nebuchadnezzar attempted to have them killed. Nebuchadnezzar threw them into a fire because they refused to bear that to Zavodah They're plucked out of the fire and they speak respectfully to Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> Daniel himself, the Gemara brings down even Daniel, who was living there in Nebuchadnezzar's palace and had always contend with these, um, with, had, had a, had a, had a, work for and, and serve someone who was an Oivet Avedazara and who, had, who was trying to get all the Jews to do Avedazara. Daniel spoke to Nebuchadnezzar respectfully. Hanani, Bishal, Nazari, Daniel, Elio. So we have an entire list over here in the Mechilta of examples where we're, we're told to give covered respect to the Malchus. We put this together side by side with the Lushan of the, of the Gemara. Ema should have a certain, a certain awe. Ema, an awe, a fear of the, of the king and respect for the king. And, and something very interesting emerges over here. It's not only, you know, it's clear from the Mechilta that, that uh, this idea of having respect for the, the leader that the Jews live under is, is A, not just a Jewish leader, it's a, it's a, a, a Jewish leader as well. Even if the leader is a non-Jew, you're supposed to have respect for him. And even if the leader is doing the wrong thing, even if he's a Russia, even if the, 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 the ruler, the local ruler, is someone who is making life difficult for the Jews and is a Russia, is a wicked ruler, you still have to speak to him respectfully. Half of the examples over here are kings that were Rishayim. I mean, even Pyro himself in Mitzrayim. He wasn't a, a friend of the Jews. He certainly wasn't a friend of the Jews. And yet that's the, that's the, 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 um, the first source. That's the source that the Gemara brings down as well, that Moshe accorded honor and respect to Pyro. So it doesn't have to be a Jewish leader. It doesn't even have to be a good leader. It doesn't even have to be a leader that's looking after the best interests of the Jews. There's an idea of giving covet to the Malchus. Not only that, although the Gemara, when it says this idea, it says, Ema, you should have fear. So it sounds like maybe the idea of respecting the king goes hand in hand with, um, with, with the fact that the king can punish you. So, meaning maybe it's an Eitzatoiba, like don't get on the king's bad side. You have to speak respectfully to the king because we're afraid what the king's going to do to us. It's clear, again, from many of these sources, that has nothing to do with fear of reprisals from the king. Rather, it's a, 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 a din in the king himself, as we would say. A function of relating to a king is even if I'm not afraid of him, even if I'm untouchable by that king, even if I don't have to worry about um, the, 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 the ramifications of disrespecting the king, there is still a, a concept and a, a, an obligation to respect the king. 
And, and Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe had nothing to fear from Paro. Moshe had divine protection. Moshe was being sent on, on a divine mission the entire time. Hashem had guaranteed him that Paro is not going to be able to hurt or harm him. Yet Moshe is the is the uh, is the archetypical source over here from which we learn this idea that you have to give cover to the, the king. Chanan, um, Mishlov, and Azari give cover to Nebuchadnezzar after they're saved from Nebuchadnezzar. The Nebuchadnezzar tried killing him; it didn't work. And after that, they're saved miraculously. That's when they give respect to the king. Yaakov is in the same category. Yaakov gives respect to Yosef. Um, Yaakov certainly doesn't have to fear from his son Yosef. And yet again, Yaakov is one of the sources from which we learn you give respect to the king. So an amazing idea comes out over here, a bit of an eye-opening idea for us. Um, the, the, the Chazal, we have sources over here in Chazal. There's a concept for a year to give respect to be Mechabed, the, the ruler. Even if he's not a Jewish ruler. Even if I have nothing to fear from that ruler. Even if I can say whatever I want about that ruler with, with impunity. And even if that ruler is doing the wrong thing, not just I disagree with his with his political views, but he's he may be a uh, Russia. You still have to be mechabed him. And the question is why. But before we answer, answer that, at least the what we see a what over here. The Chazal attach a, 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 a tremendous amount of significance and importance to a ruler, no matter what shape or form that we have to be mechabed him. Now this shows up in other places too. This idea of giving cover to the to the ruler, a few other sources. Um, where we we um, have a halacha that comes from a gemara in brachas that if I know a king is in town, I'm supposed to run to greet that melech. I'm supposed to jump out of my chair if I have the opportunity to see a king, to see a ruler, and king or ruler, in this sense means you know the, the ruler of that country, the king of that country, whoever is in charge, who is the ultimate authority, the commander in chief of that country. There's an idea says the gemara in brachas to run yarutz adam. Lailam Yarutz, Likras Malche Akum. A person should get out of his seat and run if he has an opportunity to go see a king, to see a ruler. Um, and the the Naisei uh, Kalim say, even if the yeah, even at the expense of Bittel Torah, even if it's going to mean leaving first seder, leaving second seder, not learning with his Chavrusa that day, if that's what it takes to go see a Gaisha leader, you go see a Gaisha leader, even if you're going to miss your learning. And the Mishnah Baruch Paskins that way. The Mishnah Baruch rings his hand from a Mug and Avram, who is getting it from a Sefer Hasidim, that it's so important even just to see the ruler, to see the king, to see the leader. And yes, we're talking about a secular leader. We're talking about a, a non-Jewish leader, not even a Jewish king, even a non-Jewish king slash ruler slash the 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 uh, the highest authority in that country. It's so important to see him that, that you you leave Seder, you leave the base medrash. I remember when uh when uh. Trump got elected. Um, we were still living in Eretz Yisrael, and and uh, in his first few months in office, he did something unprecedented. As a president, he came to visit the Kaisel. They made a big thing about it. He was the first sitting president that came to the to the to the to Yushalayim, to the old city, to the Kaisel. And Trump came down to the Kaisel. So I was in at the time I was a Rebbe in Eish, and Eish Eish Atara owned sixty percent of the Kaisel front property. Through, uh, with all of their various buildings put together, they managed to finagle this over the years. 60%, either 60 or 40, the number I have in my head is 60%. 60% of Kaisal Front property is, is owned by Eish Torah. So they have a, a number of, of windows, might be 40, okay, 40 is also an impressive number, even so, only uh, only 40%. Um, whatever, whatever it is, they own quite a lot of the Kaisal Front property, and um, everyone was trying, they had it set up from the more like you couldn't get you couldn't, um, they, had, they had the old city on lockdown. So you got there that morning, like he was expected to come, his, 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 uh, his um, 
what do they call that? His uh, procession, his um, entourage. Entourage, no, there's another word. His uh, motorcade. His motorcade was expected, at, I think, at 2, a, 2, 2 p.m., 2 in the afternoon. So 9 a.m., you're still able to get into the old city, but around 10 a.m., they started um, putting everyone on lockdown. They had uh, the combination of the Secret Service agents and the Mossad agents were stationed all throughout the old city. Every They did their research, like a few weeks in advance, and they knew about the locations of every single mirpeset, every single balcony, every single rooftop that had um, visibility, that, that, that um, was in you know, a line of sight of where Donald Trump was going to be going to the Kaisal. They had someone there um, locking it off, barring anyone from access. They had people stationed on all the rooftops, all the balconies, and they went into all the, the, all the yeshivas there, Parat Yosef and, the, and uh, all the simchols. The kids are, you couldn't get in from, starting from like 10 a.m. You couldn't go out to any balconies, and you couldn't get into the, into the old city, you couldn't get out. If you were already in, you were stuck the whole, there for the whole day. If you were out, you were you stuck outside for the whole day, and you were stuck indoors. If you were in, you were indoors. You couldn't open any windows, you couldn't open any balconies, you couldn't go out onto any terraces. So, uh, and, and, and they had already set up from the day before, they had um, a big, a big um, they made a, this big mechitza, blocking off the, the kaisel from, from the plaza. You know, so you have the big plaza where you go down, and then after the plaza, there's like a little, like a, you know, a little like stone wall, and then, then there's the kaisel itself. So, you know, the plaza and the kaisel, you can see the kaisel from the plaza, you can see the plaza from the kaisel, but this is an extra measure of, of uh, security. So they built this whole scaffolding, and they covered it with, with a big drape, um, so that when Donald Trump would come with his motorcade, he'd be able to, like they would park right behind it, and he'd be able to walk to the Kaisal, nobody, you know, from behind the, the no one facing Kaisal would be able to see him. So there was an, an office in, in Aish, where it, the office was positioned in such a way, um, it was the Rashiva's office, at that time Aish, it, it was in between the Rashiva's, uh, they were trying to get Rebrickowitz in, Rebrickowitz had not accepted yet, they were they were in between Rosh Hashivas. They were in transition mode. So like the office was like a Rosh Harabim. Like the, the 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 what was called the Rosh office was a Rosh Harabim, and it had a private balcony that overlooked the the Kaisel, and it had windows that looked that, that overlooked the Kaisel. And someone chapped that the balcony and the windows were situated in such a way that they had a direct um, view of like if you were at the right angle, you could see in between the edge of that barrier and the Kaisal, you could see exactly where Donald Trump was going to go to the Kaisal. That window of the Rashiva's office, that window in that balcony, so they had, they had already, you know, um, that morning they went around locking up all the balconies, so no one was allowed to go out to the balconies, but that, the window right next to the private balcony had a direct, had a direct sight. So someone chapped this, so already from the morning, like from, uh, not, not from the morning, maybe around 12 noon or 1, 1 p.m., there was a whole, a whole, a uh, whole chaburo. A whole crowd of people just like, you know, pressed up against the glass, standing on chairs, standing, standing on, 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 top of, on top of chairs, on top of chairs, uh, everyone trying to get their, like, their own little chunk of the window so they could see where Donald Trump was going to come. He was supposed to come 2 o'clock, 2 o'clock came and went, he wasn't there, 3 o'clock came and went, he didn't show up. But everyone was still there stationed by the windows. Um, finally, 4 o'clock, the motorcade pulled up through, uh, drove up, it, it, was, it was very, very, very dramatic, very impressive. This whole motorcade came with all the American flags, like like 20, 30 cars, all these limousines, they pulled up, and so so the word went out through the yeshiva that, okay, the motorcade is here. So everybody went running, so I, I went also. I was on a chair behind somebody else. I was actually able to see over this guy's shoulder. I had like 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 a few inches. I was able to see down to the to the Koto Plaza, to the Kaisal itself, and we saw Donald Trump. 
we saw, and our battery is running low. Um, thank you very much. So we saw, Yasha Kayach. Um, we saw Donald Trump and Adi Amazab was, I was able to see him, I was able to see him. Uh, anyone, I think anyone was up there was able, everyone was like pushing and jostling, but everyone got either a few inches able because we were so far away. You could see him and he went with, there was four people there, it was him, the Adam, he went with the Adam, Jared Kushner, um, Rabbi Rabinovich, who is the 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 Litvish of the of the of the Kaisal in the old city, and some some other fellow who is like the custodian of the old city, um, a representative of the, uh, the 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 world. I forgot his name. Fellow with a long white beard, um, wears a white shirt, no no jacket. So the four of them walked to the Kaisal together. They all stopped. Um, like a few, like Dalit Amos away from the Kaisal, then Donald Trump walked alone, Jared Kushner, Rabbi Rabinovich, and the, the other Rav, they stopped, Donald Trump walked, walked alone to the Kaisal, put his hands up on the Kaisal, chuckled a little bit, stood there for you know a minute or two, he chuckled, and then he took his three steps back. He didn't turn around, he didn't turn his back on the Kaisal, he took three steps backwards from the Kaisal, and then they all turned around and walked back together. So we all saw this, and there were people that were there all morning. And when I waited till the word went around, but I, then I went up. It was in the middle of second seder, but it's in before Shem Bishra You're allowed to go, mivatel. You're matel seder. You're allowed to be mivatel. You're learning to go see the leader. Now the epilogue to the story is, <laughs> after after he walked back and he, he went back into the motorcade, the motorcade pulled out. So someone tried the handle of the balcony door, the Mirpesa door, and it was unlocked. <laughs> it was unlocked, had been unlocked the entire time. So not only we had a window that had a direct sight onto the old city, we actually had, we could have put a sniper, you know, or two over there. The, 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 everyone knew, no, no one even bothered trying it because everybody knew that the Secret Service had gotten, or they had maps, they had information, they knew all the balconies in the old city that overlooked the coast, they were all locked. And, and this one was oh, uh, unlocked the entire time. Where did you have from? the Secret Service able to even lock it? They they, keys. They no, they, they demanded keys. They demanded to, they got keys to all these things, and they, they kept it locked. They had it. Um, there he is. That's Donald Trump. That's right. That's my son. He's a oh, that's your son with Donald Trump. Yeah. I, I didn't get a picture. I didn't get a selfie with him. He was too far away. But that's not. That's a very nice picture. You might have been able to angle yourself. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could tell who he was. I mean, we didn't like you know. You, you know, it was clear it was Donald Trump. I mean, from the gate, from the build, from the color hair. Um, it, 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 it was it was very clear that it was Donald Trump, but that, that was that was the epilogue because somehow like this this Mirpesa, you know, probably anyone that would have gotten out in the middle, they would have gotten shot. I'm sure they would have gotten shot if somebody would have walked out in the middle. But we could have gotten out. We could have gotten out. Um, Bad job from CIA. What? Bad job from CIA. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, pretty bad job. Pretty bad job. I mean, look, we had it, it was my way. We could we were lined up. We had a direct a direct angle. Uh, direct line of sight over there to uh, where he walked to the Kaisal. Anyway, okay, so so uh, you see another, so there's another halach over here, another source where you see this idea that it's important to go and uh, not just give respect to the king, you, you're mavato learning to go see the ruler. There's a very interesting halach that the Rishonim talk about. You know what they used to do? Oh, so, so we didn't get to it. Yeah, we're building up the sources. So there's a very interesting halacha, one more idea that that the Rishonim talk about this, we don't really do this anymore. But back in the day, um, you know, back in, in, in Poland and Russia and Hungary and Europe, when when the uh, when the when the leader, the czar or whoever, would come 
the duke would come through town, they would come out to him, they would bring the Sifrei Torah out of the Arn Kodesh. And there's a discussion about this in Halacha, but the Halachas, they're, 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 they're matter this, they say yes, in order to greet the kings and to give honor to the king, they would used to take the Sifrei Torah out of the Arn Kodesh and stand outside as his procession would come down you know, the main street of, of, uh, of town, and they would come out with a Sifrei Torah to, to give him honor, to, to, to be Mechab the king. They would greet him, again, the Gaisha king, with a Sifrei Torah. One, one more thing they used to do. So all these stories we see very, uh, very clearly, there is a concept in Halacha, in, 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 in Jewish Hashkafa over here, of the Mechab the king, um, Speaking respectfully to the king, regardless of the of, of 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 the nature of the king, regardless of how good or how bad or how nice, how mean he is, if he's if he's a rush, if he's a good guy, he's a bad guy, and you're supposed to run to go see the king. So what's taka going on here behind the scenes? What's the limit? What's the lesson? And 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 what's the insight into uh, you know Jewish hashkafa that we take from here before we try to figure out how to apply this in our own lives? So as far as running to see the king, so the Gemara, there, there's, there's two reasons. One is, is, a, is an immediate, like a more of a localized one, and the other one really gives us, I think, a bigger picture on, on, on the greater idea that's going on over here. The Gemara says an idea, A person should run to get a glimpse of a Geisha king. Why? Says the Gemara, because that way you'll be able to appreciate the difference between a Geisha king and a Jewish king. What was the Gemara saying? The, the Mepharshim explained, We're going to have Melech HaMashiach, we're going to see the glory and the prestige, the honor of the Melech HaMashiach. In order to really appreciate just how, uh, how, how glorious the Melech HaMashiach will be, so first see the, 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 the COVID and, and, the, and see the, the, uh, you know, the um, <coughs> prestige and, and the fanfare that the, 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 the um, non-Jewish kings get. And if you see that, you'll really appreciate the the covet the glory that's in store for the Jewish king. So this is what the Gemara says. The Gemara says this idea that um, the point the Gemara seems to say the whole point of seeing the the Gaisha king is to appreciate the difference between the respect and the glory that the Gaisha kings get and and that which Melech Hamashiach will get. Okay, so that's that's good. We packet that. We accept that. But there's another reason also that wouldn't help us understand why we have to give our own respect to the king. You know, so that, that's that's a, I, I want to appreciate the contrast, but it doesn't mean that I have to give respect to the king. That wouldn't help us with the with the first source. There's another idea as well that the Mafarshim speak at as to why is it so important to go get a glimpse of Donald Trump, get a get a glimpse of the president, a glimpse of the glimpse of the king of the czar. The other idea is like this: the Marsha over there in in, in the first Gemara in Zavachim, where it talks about respecting the king. The Marsha says a fascinating idea. And such an important idea for, for a Jew to be aware of. Says the Marsha that any authority down here, anyone who's a king or a ruler, even if he's a bad king, even if we don't agree with his decisions, even if he's doing the wrong thing, nevertheless, if he's a king, if he became, became a king, if he's in a position of authority, there's a spark of godliness over there. There's an aspect of the divine. There's an aspect of godliness the fact that there's authority down here, that there's a king down here, is only because there's a king up there. And any king down here is a king because he was vested with that kingdom and that kingship by the, the king of all kings above. We call the Rebbeinu the Melech Malchei Hamlachim. He's the king of all kings. Right? We say that in Shalom Aleichem. 
We say that Chazal uses the term, he's the king of all kings. What does it mean that Hashem is the king of all kings? <laughs> the Pashup Shat certainly is that it means that as much as you think a king is in charge, Hashem is really the king of all kings, Hashem is really the one in charge. But it means more than that. The king of all kings means someone is a king because Hashem vested a, an amount of his kingship in that king. If someone is a king down here, there's an aspect, a spark of godliness. Any authority down here was given that authority, granted that authority by the king above. And that's why he's a king. Said differently, said differently, someone is a ruler down here only because he has within him a little bit, a spark, an aspect of the divine. And his kingdom and his kingship and his authority is a hamshacha, is, a, is an extension and a, a pipeline of Hashem's authority. Hashem has vested him with this authority. This, his authority is representative of Hashem's authority and not just like an insight into it, but is actually a, 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 a um, little piece of godliness there. An aspect of, of, of the divine. Every ruler down here is only a ruler because Hashem, the ruler of all rulers, has allowed him to become a ruler, has vested him with that authority, vested him with that, with that leadership, and is, is constantly piping into that king an aspect of Hashem's own kingship. The kingdom down here is not just a way of understanding the kingdom up there, but is representative, and, and it is, it is a, a little spark of the authority of Hashem himself. That means, and, and, and that, that applies... Uh, that applies obviously see even if the king's doing the wrong thing meaning a king has the, the 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 responsibility to run things properly and appropriately but he has free will everyone has free will both jew and non-jew everyone has bechir chavshis a king has been vested with that authority he's only the king again because there's a little spark of hashem's own kingdom in him hashem's own kingship in him hashem's own godliness now he can choose to use that properly or abuse that he can choose to do that run his kingdom and his kingship with responsibility or irresponsibility, he can take care of the, of the nation, or he can be self-serving. Uh, have the nation is there for him, his his authority and his kingship. But the bottom line is that his kingship is an aspect of Akash Baruch's kingship, and that's the only reason he's a king. Through this king, let's say that the, the best way possible. Through this king, I do see, I see the Rebbeinu himself. Through any ruler, I can see Hashem, because this ruler is a little spark of Hashem's authority and that's why he's a ruler through any ruler you get a, a glimpse of God himself and that's the idea of any king if that means Rabbi Yisai that any ruler not just represents a symbolic of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's a little aspect of godliness there that's why he's a ruler that's why he's a king HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave him that authority he's, 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 he's piping that authority down here if that's the case we understand why you run to see a king there's a, a, a little spark of godliness, the spark of the divine of there. Why should I leave my learning? My learning is also divine because I have a fleeting opportunity to see the spark of the divine that's over there. Then I'll come back to my learning. But that's why I'm even mavata my learning for it. I, you saw, I rise of Kutchabrichu. The Torah is part of Akash Baruch himself, yes. But look, there's an aspect of Akash Baruch that's going to be walking down Main Street and it's going to be in the town square that, that if I don't get a chance to hop around, I'm not going to see this aspect of godliness. So I can leave aside this godliness and see that godliness. Any king. Is channeling, is channeling a Kodesh Baruch Hu's Godliness. Hashem is showing up in him. He is given that authority and maintaining that authority. That 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 is Hashem's own authority, Hashem's own kingship. That's a why I get it from the base medish to go see the leader, the ruler, the, the 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 highest authority of any country. There's a little aspect of godliness over there, 
And that's why it's so important to give covet to the king. Because I'm not really giving covet to the king, I'm giving covet to the spark of godliness that's within. This person's a king because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has appointed him as king. Hashem has taken from his own kingship and, and invested this person with Hashem's own kingship. A little bit of Hashem's authority is in this person. So I'm not being mechabed, this person per se, as a person, as a human being. I'm being mechabed, the godliness that's within that person. And that's why it's, 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 it's irrelevant if he's a good leader, a bad leader, if he likes the Jews, doesn't like the Jews. If I agree with his opinions, don't agree with his opinions, regardless of the decisions he's currently making, the fact that he's in the authority, the fact that he's in power, that's God's authority, that's God's power, I respect the godliness that's within. That, what an amazing idea. What, what an amazing idea. There's nothing to do with me agreeing with him as a human being. It has to do with, with the office that he represents, the power that he represents, which is ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power. So, so getting back to us, we're here to, you know, understand what, what Yiddishkeit expects from us, what the Torah expects from us, what HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from us, for us to be refined by the Torah itself. We can disagree with the president. We can feel that he's doing the wrong thing. But a basic level of covet for the president, for any leader, must always be maintained. You know, when it's so easy, and people love to do this to, you know, to denigrate and 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 degrade and speak derogatorily about the leaders, about the rulers, about presidents. If you wouldn't call him that term to his face, you shouldn't use that term to refer to him at your Shabbos table either. And if you would use that term to him to his face, there's, there's, right, there's a bigger problem, a bigger problem. Hecklers, you don't heckle the presidents. You're not supposed to. Where's the covet? Where's the covet? You have to who are you heckle? You can heckle any heckle people that that don't. That, that, there's no reason to be mechabed. That's who you heckle. That's who you you know you shout at in the middle of a speech, in the middle of a, a shmuz, in the middle of the the, the State of the Union uh, address. A president, you have to be mechabed. A president, you can disagree with him. Go ahead and and ask questions, but respectfully. Go ahead and lobby for things that you think the president is doing wrong, but respectfully. This notion. Or that you can just like shout in the middle of present and ask him questions irrespectfully, disrespectfully, and, and just speak disrespectfully about the president, any ruler, any leader, really goes against Chazal. And, and again, it's not so much that the person himself, this is the, the word over here, not that we have so much respect for the person himself, but it's the authority that he represents. Melech Malchi Amlochim, Hashem is the Melech Malchi Amlochim, the king of all kings. Every king is an aspect of Hashem's kingship. It doesn't just mean that Hashem is stronger than all that, but every king is an aspect of Hashem's kingship. And we say this um, in, in, in Yom Nairoim Davening, right? In the V'chom Aminim, we say, HaMamlich Molochem V'loya Melucha. HaMamlich Molochem. We say that explicitly over there. Hashem is Mamlich the Molochem. Every Melech really is a Melech because Hashem made him into a Melech, and there's a spark of the divine, a spark of godliness in him. That, that's why he was elected, that's why he became ruler and the leader. So again, it's okay to disagree. But it has to be done respectfully. It's okay to not hold that they're doing the right thing, but you do it disrespectfully. And and Agav, you know, when our Shabbos tables are filled with with remarks that are just denigrating and derogatory, that's what our, our kids hear us speaking disrespectfully about leaders. It, it's not good chinuch either. The vice happens to be it's not good chinuch. Your kids will come to speak, speak disrespectfully about people that you want them to respect when you speak disrespectfully about um, about leaders, about rulers. You're making a roshim on, on young impressionable minds that you know. If I disagree, I, I, I can mach avek anyone. Anyone can be avek gemacht, avek macht, uh, can be dismissed, can be spoken about disrespectfully. It's not, it's not, it happens to be agav, it's not good chinuch. That, that's, uh, you know, a very important yisoid, but not, not the main focus over here, but very important yisoid agav. But even if there are no kids at the table, the bottom line is, the king is someone that we need to respect. 
the ruler, a president, somebody you have to speak respectfully, there is a way of respectfully disagreeing, and that's the way it has to be done. It, it, it's very, it's not a good thing that in the Western world we become so casual, so Hamish with our leaders that they can be treated like, you know, um, you treat your leader like you treat your Harusa, right? You treat your leader like, like uh, you, 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 you treat the guy who's the, the, the bus driver, you know, you disagree, get into a, a brawl with the bus driver, heckle this guy, heckle the, um, the, the, um, the people that we heckle, you heckle the president too, it's not a good thing, it's not a good thing. Presence has to have a certain level of covet, and um, that's, that's uh, there was a question over here, so that's that's the sugya today, Rabbi Yisai, so we should be zoicha, to be mafchen, we should be zoicha to see the Melch HaMashiach, indeed, to see the difference in the prestige and the glory that the secular kings get, and the Melch HaMashiach gets, in the meantime, Akash Baruch Hu should always help us grow, develop, and be refined according to the traits that the Torah itself wants for us. Yeah, okay, yes, question. If he's going to kill you, then don't go there. Yeah, but about, cannot talk about all Yeah, so then don't go there. Yeah, for sure don't go there.